0: In a world of bus schedules and business calls, sidestep into a realm of Koigyu
1: casting in Klingons. Okay, people. Get your geek on. everyone, it's July 21st, 2013, and you're listening to episode 76 of Knit One Geek 2. I'm Karen. I'm Maggie. And we're coming to you from
0: not, not Comic-Con. Con. Because if we were at Comic-Con, I'd totally be in Loki's pants right now. No, really. <laughs> and by the way, everybody, Karen is evil, mean, and nasty. She's a wench. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Seriously? You you need to be told this? Like, this is news to you? No, it's not news to me, but I I'm just reiterating for those who might be new to the podcast, or anybody who might have forgotten and, you know, is blinded by your sugary facade. Don't you see this halo over my head? And I see the price sticker that came with it. (laughs) But yes,
1: we'll get into that a little later. Yeah, whatever. Well, since you are actively knitting right now, how about we start off with Adventures in Knitting?
0: Sure thing! So, I have on my lap right now, not Tom Hiddleston, but I have... (laughs) Oh! Oh, my brain went to the bad place there. (laughs) So, this is Lush, and I am. I've passed, because Lush is knit from the yoke down, and it's all in one pre- piece pretty much. I've gotten past the places where the arm stitches are put on holders, and now I'm just knitting below it. I have to knit about four inches, and I'm not quite there yet, but four inches, and then I do a little bit of shaping, and then I just keep knitting stocking knit stitch all the way down. Mm-hmm. And it's a nice, easy knit. It's really relaxing, and it does help that the yarn is really nice. This it's is really soft. Yes, this is what I got from Michelle. This is the um, the DK Cash Soft. Squish, squish, it's squish. It's a rowing, right? Yes.
1: And that is really pretty. It is
0: gonna. I should have this well in time for fall. So yeah,
1: and but it's in that sort of brown,
0: purple, chocolate mix. burgundy. Yep. So there is that. And by the way, people, I have upload uh, uploaded pictures to my RAV because I was taking pictures here before we were recording. So this is the Elfling's hat, the mm-hmm. one that I previously left at Taekwondo. So, and all it is is really a tube, so no real pattern involved. Yes. But I am having a little bit of fun because some of my hand spun... What are you going to do mm-hmm. with hand spun? Some of my hand spun is being used to make stripes, and I think it is fitting in gauge-wise pretty well. Yeah, it looks pretty good. The hand spun, I, this is the the sparkly stuff that you got me. Well, not entirely sparkly, but... This is some of the blue sparkly stuff you got for me at the... Uh, mm-hmm.
1: The Knitter's Frolic. Frolic in right. Toronto. So there's in th- April.
0: that. I have been doing lots of spinning. Here, I finally brought and plied up. This is my very, very, very first... This is my first spinning stuff. This is the brown and the white mm-hmm. plied together, so it looks a bit tweety. So I do have places where stuff is overspun and underspun, but that's, what, that's because this is my first, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. But what I'm doing... You realize that's for my little boy, right? Yeah. Okay. She's putting on a, a mitten <laughs> that barely covers her palm. That's made for a six-year-old. Yeah. Yeah, the,
1: the 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 ribbing at the bottom, the cuff, the bottom of the ribbing, at ribbing just hits my wrist.
0: But what else am I going to... I don't have that much yarn when I plied it all together, but it yeah. should be enough to make a pair of mittens. Oh, yeah,
1: it'll be enough for mittens.
0: Pair of mittens and whatnot. And I asked, I measured it against his hand and added a little bit more because we're not quite at winter yet. And I asked him if he liked them, and he said yes, so that makes me happy. So there's that. And because this Michelle left, this is what's left over from the dark brown that I was practicing Ooh, with. Yeah. And I think I got pretty good at consistency there. Yeah, it looks pretty good. I, I have been spinning, like, not so. And this, Michelle left in the bag, and the tag is in my basket, so I just brought over a big wicker basket of stuff. Yeah. This is Mutant. Oh, her, part of some of her California Mutant? Right. Please. Oh, that is nice. Now, it's, it's only two little handfuls of fluff, but it's still yeah. something to practice on. That is really cool.
1: Yeah, Michelle bought a California Variegated Mutant, I think it's yes. called. Yes, Is the
0: breed. Fleece, a little while ago. And we keep calling it the X-Men, X-Men Sheep. Yep. Because really, if you're going to have mutant sheep, what else are you going to call them? <laughs> that one over there's Rogue. That one's Jean Grey.
1: <laughs> Rogue's got a little bit of white mixed yeah. in. Yeah,
0: and my most recent purchase and doings. Last weekend was such a fabulous le- weekend. The husband decided, let's not screw this up. Let's make it, keep it fabulous. Mm-hmm. And we stopped off at Fiber Garden in Jordan. Mm-hmm. And the story is, I was going back and forth. Because I basically walked in and said, okay, I'm now hooked on spinning. And I've almost run out of stuff. Yeah. And they said, well, we have an entire, we have an entire room that can accommodate you. And I'm like, oh, yes, I know. <laughs> That's why I'm here. So I was going back and forth between, okay, do I buy another bulk one where the quality is maybe mediocre just to practice with a lot? Yeah. Or do I get something of better value that's smaller mm-hmm. and learn a new fiber or get something fun that I can maybe ply into something else, maybe yeah. go for longer? Anyway, so then the magic words were said, well, this just arrived. <laughs> and those are magic words. Yes. And I would have brought you the... The merino silk, but I spent it all. So, a little bit addicted, Maggie? A little bit. So it was merino silk 8020, and the story is that it was originally called Jamaica, but the supplier had overdyed it and didn't like it, so they sold it at a cheaper price. I got it at a cheaper price. Mm-hmm. Which means I got double oh. the amount I wanted. So, this is what it looks like Ooh. when it's spun single plied. a little bit of reds and white and blue. What I'm doing, because to me it looks like the colors of a thunderstorm, mm-hmm. I'm calling it Jamaican Storm. Ooh, yes.
1: Yeah, that definitely fits. Now there's some browns and grays and stuff in there too.
0: And this is what it is when I plied it together.
1: That looks really pretty.
0: Now, I still have some occasional flubs and, you know, inconsistencies, but I think I'm making progress as I go. Yes, you are. So I'm getting there, and I am, I'll admit, I'm pretty addicted.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Considering you have this gigantic
0: bobbin full of plied yarn. And I still have two more, like, little bits on two more bobbins that I probably have to... Yeah. But I have this... Oh, my God. Well, this is roving that I was given with my first drop spindle years and years and years ago by Emily for Christmas. And I kept trying, and, you know, I kept coming up with, like, this. Yeah. And it just, it was frustrating more than anything. So I can always ply in the purple, because the purple will go. Ooh, yeah. And I am still saving this, but I think I'm getting to the point where I think I can plan. This is my Radagast roving. Yes. Roasted walnut, 80 wool, 20 silk, which I have just practiced with. Yep. From Wellington Wellington Fibers. fibers. And the green. Oh, yeah. The green goes with with it. That matches really nicely. So I'm thinking I might spin this, spin this, and ply the two together and see. Yeah, spin the
1: the green. You have this sort of very light sort
0: of sagey. Minty. Yeah, minty sage green. And this is a bit more of a muted purple to go with the storm. Yeah,
1: not quite a... Great.
0: So yeah, I'm kind of excited. Mm-hmm. I can see why. My basket of fun, right there. I do still have all of my drop spindles, but oh, they deserve a better life than mine than what I do to them. <laughs> well, you know, you might go back a little bit. Uh, Should
1: sort of give it a try but now that you're you've got a better handle on the spinning thing.
0: So yeah, that is that is what I have been doing, and I, I'll be honest, I probably pretty much only knit now at midnight. <laughs> I'm, <at, laughs> I'm in a spinning sort of thing and what i'm planning on doing with the jamaican storm it's probably going to go into something for the husband mm-hmm. because a he bought the roving for me and you know i didn't whine or twist his arm for it he just bought it for me mm-hmm. which i'm you know really thankful about and i kind of really want to give isn't it nice Oh, God, I just felt i just felt the,
1: like, wrapped my hand around the, the yarn on the bobbin, and oh, it's so soft and so
0: nice. The husband has been doing household duties of late mm-hmm. that involve a lot of strenuous work, and I kind of want to do something for him, so. Yeah. This will eventually be a, I anticipate a cowl for him around Christmas time, mm-hmm. because I did make him a cowl out of some very rough wool before, mm-hmm. and he wore it a lot mm-hmm. and it belted and it started to strangle him. Yeah, that's not good. But yeah, there's my stuffs. That's you? That's me. I do still have the one, the linen stitch cowl in there, but I don't think I've really done anything to it since the last time I sort of. Scal mm-hmm. scarred you with it. I'll make sure I get all of my roving so that peanut doesn't get any. And I don't have anything else in here, do I? No. Okay, so, well, let's see. Well, speaking of cowls, I have finished mm. the improvised cowl. And you know what i got to say now? I, I have to say it all the time. What? It matches what you're wearing. Oh my god, it does. <laughs> I'm wearing purple today. It's the, And it's the right color purple, too. Yeah, yeah, the light
1: purple in it is the same color as the purple I'm wearing today. But yes, so this is the cowl that I was making just using a stitch pattern from one of the Japanese stitch dictionaries I have. And I'm using yarn from the Mean Girls Yarn Club, which I should mention, last time I mistakenly said it was Jen was the name of the person who runs it. It is actually Laura. Yes, I saw you got your wrist smacked on that. Yes, well, it's because, I think it's because her Ravelry name is Naughty, K-N-O-T-T-Y, La. LA, and there's a Jen Law, and there's a someone, a Lala Knits, and there's a... Yeah. And I think there's a... I forget if it's her co-host, or if it's another podcast entirely, where there's a Jen and a Laura, and it's like, oh my god, I can't keep my podcasters straight anymore. But yes, so this is in the Mean Girls Yarn Club, this is the hoity-toity colorway. So it's sort of a darker purple and a lighter purple, and sort of tan and beige colors. And it's really nice, and it'll come in handy if in fall. And it's a fingering weight, Erin.
0: So it'll be nice for fall, which is approximately four weeks away. No, eight weeks well, away.
1: Sorry, September is about four weeks away. Yeah, it won't be feeling like fall until end of September.
0: You never know. We've so. had a mild. We had a mild spring and a mild early su- summer. We just had a crazy sort of pet shit weekend. <laughs> yeah, well, last week. Yeah. Yeah. Last
1: week it was like a lot of other places in North America. Especially on the
0: sort of closer to the eastern seaboard. It was so hot, oh my god. People were baking cookies in their cars. Yeah. Like, honestly. Yeah. Someone was actually able to bake cookies in their car.
1: So, of course, I too, for my, you know, when it's hot as balls, I decide, start working on a sweater again. Okay. you were working on your lush. Well, see, the thing is, this time of year is also the time of year I get my vacation pay. Ah. which is in lieu of paid vacation, we get a lump sum once a year. Which means that once a year, I have this nice little extra bit on my paycheck. And so I was looking at some of the yarn at Web's, Mm -hmm. and they have the Saint-Denis Nordique yarn, which is, I think it was the, the yarn line that was designed by Veronique Avery. And it's been discontinued. So that was all on sale. And I've been sort of watching it at webs and being like, mm, tempted, tempted. And it's a sport weight yarn. And I've kind of been wanting, like, some yarn I could do for a lighter weight sweater for work in right. a neutral sort of color. But long ago, I started the Inara sweater. Right. I do remember Inara. In Louette Gems, sport weight. And then the cables I was using, I'm using the Picks interchangeables. So I had the same problem i with some of the other cables of my notebooks interchangeables where the uh, cord started coming out of the join. Yeah. Like not breaking, just the little plastic bit coming out of the yeah. inside of the join. So at the time, and I think it was one of those times I needed to get some super glue to fix it, and so they ended up sitting downstairs until like, I get glue, and then I had to glue it and leave it. And it basically they just got sort of got put aside yep. for quite a long time. Squirrel. Yeah. So, but this because I saw this yarn and I wanted to get it, and I decided I was going to get it. I figured, okay, I really need to work on this sweater. I really would need to work on the sweater anyway because I want to have a lighter weight sweater that I can wear. And this one's really pretty, and I do want it. And I also need to work on it so that I can have a sweater. I need to work on a few sweaters <laughs> because I've gotten a couple sweater weights of yarn in the last few months, and I need to actually make sweaters with the sweater yarn that I have. Yes. So I picked this one up again, and I've been working on it a bit this last week. And part of the, I mean, part of the reason, or, or that I really need to work on it, is it's a wrap sweater. So basically, each front piece is the full width of the front. Ah, okay. So you end up doing if you if you imagine like the number of stitches it would take to do a row that go, that fits around your entire middle as one hundred percent. Right. This you're knitting hundred and fifty percent of the stitches, which you know. Because this is sport weight yarn, and because I'm a plus size, is a hell of a lot of stitches. (laughs) So seriously, it takes me like 15, it takes me 15 minutes to get through one row. I know this because I took it on the bus with me today. I believe it. I I was able to get from the terminal to the mall and finish one row, like madly finishing, just as the bus was pulling in. Now the good thing is, you start it from the, you knit it in one piece, and you knit it from the bottom up. So there's a lace and cable pattern that goes along the bottom of the sweater at the hem, as well as around the sleeves. Right. That also goes up each side of the front. And then after you, I knit a few inches straight from the bottom, and then, well, if we knit the the pattern for about five inches, and I'm on after that where you get to, you have the, the lace and cable pattern at the sides, and it's stockinette it for the rest of the way around. Okay. You knit that for a few inches straight, and then you start decreasing each front piece so that it angles and makes sort of a V neck. Right,
0: which also wraps. has that has a little bit of that lace work going around going around the neck.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it
0: continues up the neck and it and she continues across the back of the neck, too. That looks very flattering. Yes, that's what I was thinking. It is by Allison Green and published in Allison Green Will Knit Design. And
1: it's really pretty, and I really want it. It's just there's a heck of a lot of stitches and even though like I will get to the point where I start decreasing stitches, so it's going to get Faster? Yes.
0: You always seem right to now, pick. You always seem to pick projects like that. You did that for the Lothlorian cape too. Yeah. Well, most of the sc- most of the shawls I knit go the be- other way; they get longer the farther you go. Okay,
1: fair. It's just this one and Lothlorian. But yeah, it, at the moment, it's just the the lots of stitches around, <laughs> and it does get a bit. It's going to get a bit more unwieldy as I keep going, but I'm going to try and keep moving on it, especially because, hmm, you know, this is a good thing. I have to give a huge shout out to Webbs and their customer service because I ordered, when I ordered the, the Sandini Nordique, I ordered the Espresso colorway, which is sort of a very dark, it, on, the, on the screen it looked like if brown and charcoal gray had a baby.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: It's a very dark, right, it's sort I'll go of with muted that. brown. I'll go with that. I got the package this last week because it took like a week to get here, which is crazy. Unfortunately, when I opened the package, yeah, it's bison. This is not espresso. No, it ain't. It's a much, it's a lighter, and it's a much warmer sort of brown. The lighting in here is actually making it look even a little darker than it actually is. And I mean, it's not bad, but it's
0: not what you would plan. It's not
1: the color I wanted. And the thing is, the yarn's on closeout, so I was like, "Crap." Depending on how the mistake happened, I may or may not be able to get the yarn I actually wanted. So I emailed customer service. They went and looked, and they found the espresso yarn. Okay. Now, one thing was, like, they had 17 balls of it left. It's 50-gram balls. I I needed enough that I was like, fine, I'll just order all 17. I'll have a couple balls left over, but that's good for swatching. I can use it for something else, that sort of thing. So, but... That was all they had left on the, the catalog. So I guess the good thing is that when I bought it, it then said, okay, there's no more of this.
0: Ah, okay. So it's
1: not like anyone else could go in after and order more balls of it so that there wasn't enough left. Okay. So they did find the other balls. And so now they're sending the espresso to me. And they said, I can keep the bison yarn. Good. <laughs> for free. No Ooh. additional charge.
0: Sweet.
1: So Sweet. I have a free sweaters' weight sweater's worth of yarn, which
0: is awesome. It is awesome. It also means I really need to make more sweaters. Well. <laughs> you do. You do. to find some place to put it. Or I'm going to need to buy some yarn off of you. Yeah, maybe. But I was also
1: thinking, because the color isn't quite what I want, I was maybe going to take like, one ball of the bison and sort of try dyeing it with a couple things and just see how over-dyeing it looks. It's dark enough, I don't know, and you know, sort of a rich enough color. I'm not sure how another color is going to look over top of it. I don't know if I'm actually going to be able to over-dye it. Right. Into something that I actually like. But we'll see. So yeah, that's in the way. And then other little things I've been working on. I've been working on the socks. that like I mentioned, the Rib Fantastic socks from by Barb Brown. And they're in the Knitting Socks with Hand Painted Yarn book. And I have made the pattern before, and it's awesome. And I'm doing it... In it's from the Mean Girls yarn club again. Some of their sock yarn. I think this is from episode two. Or well, the second year of it. Yeah. And it's in the Run Amok colorway. And it's sort of an orangey and green and pink. And it wasn't my favorite colors when it was all balled up, but it's looking quite nice now that it's sort of striping itself in the sock. And this one, I'm actually almost on the first sock. It's I'm doing this one for. They're doing. She's doing the summer wank along. What? <laughs> Explain Basically. please. It's complicated. I could probably explain. I forget exactly the whole story. Some of it involves, you know, terminology in the Lazy, Stupid, and Godless group on Ravelry. But if you go to the Mean Girls Yarn Club group on Ravelry, you'll see threads for it. And basically, it runs from July 1st to August 31st. You can use any of the Mean Girls Yarn Club yarn. You don't have to have been a member. You just have to have the yarn somehow. And that includes... Some of the colorways from earlier sessions she's actually made as part of her dyeing through Dizzy, her regular dyeing through Dizzy Blog Studio. So those count too. And basically it can be any pattern, knitting or crochet. You just have to do it between those dates and it has to be using the mean girls yarn and there is actually a post somewhere Actually, she says where the where the name comes from but i can't find it right now but and i should mention too that the mean girls yarn club will be starting will be back open for signups in august so you probably might you might want to keep an eye on that if you're interested and uh, i should also mention too these socks might be appearing on tv in japan ha that's right <laughs> these socks might be big in japan because last week I went to Toronto for the day because there was stuff I wanted to do. I can't remember. Oh, yeah. I was getting together with Glenna in... No, not last week. Duh. Week before. Yeah, I got together with Glenna in Toronto and we were deciding where to go. And we're like, she was like, well, do you want to go to a cafe and knit or do you want to go to yarn stores? I'm like, well, purple Pearl is both. So we decided to meet up there. We'd sit and knit for a while. You know, maybe take a little browser in the store. Um... And when we got there in the afternoon, they said that there was going to be a Japanese film crew in. Because they were filming, like, these little... They're from NHK, I think is the name of it. It's basically the national broadcaster in Japan. It's, like, the Japanese version of, like, the BBC or CBC. And they're doing... These little documentaries about – the gist I got was, like, they're about different sort of, like, needlework in Canada. Because they said they were going to be in PEI looking at quilts and stuff, too, for one of the other ones. But they've been – this one's about knitting. And, of course, if you're talking about knitting in Canada, you have to come to Toronto. Yeah. Because Toronto is knitting mecca. Like, there are more yarn stores per capita in Toronto than I think anywhere, even New York City. (laughs) (laughs) So they came – and one of the the ladies that runs the shop Miko she was teaching the host how to knit and they were sort of filming all of us and of course one of the problems was it was a fairly it was a fairly hot day it wasn't like the epic legendary heat that we've had this last week thank god but it was pretty hot yeah the store doesn't have air conditioning but it's usually fine because they have the door open and they have a fan going and it's okay the problem is they're also right in front of a streetcar stop <laughs> and there's a lot of traffic going by in Queen Street East so they had to close the door <laughs> For filming, so there's no so there's sweat air. pouring off all of us. Oh, it's <laughs> so hot, it's so damp. But so yeah, like we were showing like the kinds of things we were knitting, and one of the girls actually had just happened to have with her like a Japanese pattern book, and just been telling them that they were really big in Canada, North America, and so you might if you're in Japan, you might see me. I'll be the one pouring with sweat, wearing actually I was wearing this shirt. I've watched it, watched it since then. Don't worry. Okay. Um... Knitting on a pair of socks, and I'm the one that the, the the host is making, oh my god, faces at when she saw what I was knitting and how big the needles were that I was using.
0: In in reference,
1: the needles were teeny tiny. Yeah, these are 2.25 millimeters.
0: Because Karen makes tiny stitches of doom. Actually, those are those are normal size for you.
1: Yeah, 2.25, 2.5 are my normal size, depending on the type of yarn I'm working with. But, but, I mean, and the host, like, she had never knit before, which I find hard to believe, because, oh my god, the, seriously, she her, the scarf she was doing out of, like, bulky yarn with large needles was perfect. Like, she got, like, a good eight, ten inches done on it, and, like,
0: tension was perfect. And Damn it. It's like, damn it.
1: Damn prodigies.
0: The rest of us have to, you know, work at that sort of thing. Yeah. And, you know, we go out and present people with... Wonkified looking amoebas of yarn that are supposed to be rectangles. Yeah. Hers looked amazing. Well, this can segue into Geek Quee. Okay. Because these are my
1: movie socks. Oh, those are awesome. Which have had quite a lot of progress on them since the last time they were there. They now have a full foot and heel. And are maybe two and a bit, two and a half inches up the leg. I love those colors. Mm -hmm. The colors are gorgeous. This is socks that rock lightweight in the Courier and Ives colorway.
0: I'm sorry, I see that as vintage Captain America colorway. That works too. That works too. (laughs) But it's like a dark
1: green, or darker green, a very rich red, white, and a light blue. Which
0: is why I said vintage Captain America.
1: (laughs) And, uh, of course, these have gotten some work done on them because I have been to see movies. Ooh, what'd you get to see? Segwaying into Geek's one of the movies I went to see was Pacific Rim. And a lot of people have been going to see this one. And a lot of people have been liking it. Mm Mm-hmm. As did I. Okay. It's really fun. It's like... Basically, it's by Guillermo del Toro. And, I mean, I can say it's giant robots fighting giant monsters, which on the face of it... That sounds sounds like like
0: a Power Ranger episode.
1: Actually, someone on Twitter said... I think it might have even been Cleolinda on Twitter said that it is like Power... No, I think it was was a reviewer said it's like a Power Rangers episode on really expensive acid. That was actually the (laughs) title... That was actually the title of the episode discussing it on... I found a new podcast called the Anglo-Fees podcast. F-I-L-L-E-S. Okay. So, girls in French. And basically, it's three girls who are into, like, nerdy, geeky stuff. One's in Canada and is originally from Russia, I think. Um, another one is in England. Another one is in the U.S. Oh, no. She's in Scotland. One is in Scotland and one is in the U.S. And they discuss nerdy stuff. And they're part of the Made of Fail podcast network. Which is, we've mentioned Made of Fail before. And so they were discussing it on their last episode because they all loved it. And I really liked it too. Because, I mean, yeah, okay, when I say giant robots fighting giant monsters, it sounds kind of cheesy. But it's, one, it's by Guillermo del Toro. This should give you a hint. Um, It's the same person who did Pan's Labyrinth and the Hellboy movies. So you know it's going to be visually pretty at the very least. And he was sort of inspired by the... Japanese kaiju movies, you know, giant monster movies, like Godzilla, and Mothra, and that sort of stuff. He wanted to make kind of his own version. So in this world, basically, these aliens have found some sort of uh, portal through space, but the portal is located at the bottom of the Pacific Ocean okay, in a rift between two tectonic plates. So these monsters come out, out of the ocean and attack the cities around the Pacific Rim,
0: Ah, like hence showed, the movie name.
1: Yeah, one of the one of the first cities that's attacked is uh, San Francisco, and then part of the a small part of the first part of the movie takes place in like Anchorage, Alaska. Okay, and part of it takes place in Hong Kong. And basically, so what they these aliens, the kaiju as they call them in the movie, keep attacking the mainland, and so they create the humans create these things they call Jaegers, which as they say at the beginning of the movie, they define the terms. Jaeger is German for hunter, and these are. I was going to say beer. These are the giant, or, giant or drink robots. drinks. alcohol. Okay. <laughs> These are the giant robots. Jägermeister? Maybe after they're done fighting the kaiju. Kind of I suppose. They could probably use it. Especially because um, they use this sort of, like... Basically, they use something called they call the drift, which is where you mentally link in with the robot. Okay. But they explain early on in the movie that it's too much... For one human brain to hold, so you actually have pairs of Jaeger pilots who drift together. So they can cu- they can see each other's memories and things like that. They have to basically link their brains so that they can work in sync. coordinate, so yes. they can work in sync, because they walk by, like, they're on these little platforms in suits, and they lift their feet and walk to make the robots walk. Like, the robots are basically humanoid. And it's really cool. And there's this whole, you know, there's a whole app. Side to it where, like, you have to be drift compatible to work with somebody else.
0: Okay. This is sounding good. It's, yeah, it's, it's really interesting.
1: And they have, and then they, you know, a lot of the movies spent, like, there's a, yes, there's a big portion of the movie which are, like, giant robot on monster fights, which are pretty damn cool, I must okay. say. Okay. Like, it's kind of fun seeing, especially because these things, like, they use, the robots go up to the monsters and they start punching them.
0: <laughs> they basically punch them, so they pummel them down. And I mean, they do it's, have some. It's a it's a, yeah. it's a school brawl fight.
1: Yeah, I mean, they do have other kinds of weapons, but a good part of it is just like
0: hand to hand brawling with monsters, cool. monsters. It's kind of awesome because that's what um, that's what what gave birth to sci-fi.
1: Yeah, but then a lot of the movie is also spent like with the characters and developing sort of the characters and their the character relationships and that sort of thing, which I think is where Del Toro's Hand comes in at the, be- the best because you can imagine. Well, we know what it would be if someone else took it over. It would be Transformers. That is true. But and there's some really sweet. There's some really sweet like relationships in the movies. One of the things I really love is that the main relationship between um, the lead Raleigh and his new co-pilot in this movie Mako. Uh, he's American. She's Japanese, and they both suffered you know, some kind of loss in their past. But one of the things I really like is even though they're very close, the movie and the movie kind of hints at it. You can totally watch the movie and interpret it as not a romantic relationship. It's a really, it's, it's a nice touch. Okay. (laughs) You know, it's also, you know, you can, they are, they do kind of hint at romance, but it's also like, you could just say that they have this relationship because they share each other's brains. That sounds
0: really zombified, by the way. Yeah, and not in that sort of way. Yeah, I know, but that's what it sounded sounded like, anyways. But yeah,
1: and it's it's fun. There's a lot of humor too. I really enjoyed it.
0: Okay, great. I a really lot liked of people
1: it. have been enjoying it. It's like, like I said, you know, it's a gigantic monster movie with actual characters. It sounds good. So it was fun. I might actually go see it again. Good. <laughs> and there's a couple bits that are. If you just hear about them, you would think they're the cheesiest thing ever, and they are kind of cheesy when you see them in the movie, but there's something, it goes way past, out past cheese to be like, okay, I just gotta laugh and love this, because it's just, <laughs> they just go balls out. Which is the only way to do cheese, really. Yeah. So. Of course. With all the movies coming out. Oh, and and the sock got a little more work on it, too, because I also went to see Red 2 today.
0: Oh, how's that?
1: Which, if you enjoyed the first movie, you'll probably you'll enjoy the second one. It's a similar sort of act- blend of action and humor and just wackiness and fun. They actually one thing that does make this even more geeky-worthy is they play up a little bit. It was actually a graphic novel first, okay, and it's actually you know you see the DC Comics logo at the beginning. And they play it up more, the fact that it was a comic book in this one. All the transitions are done by taking the last shot uh, before they transition and turning it sort of comic book looking. Yeah. Looking. And then transition to new location or whatever. So, and the the beginning and end of the, the be- opening credits and the end credits, the first start of the end credits, are done sort of comic book style. Oh, which reminds me, one more thing about Pacific Rim. If you go to see it, stay... To the end? To the mid-credit sequence. There's no end. There's not to okay. the very end. But, like, when I went to see it, there weren't that many people in the theater. I went out on, like, Monday afternoon. And, like, pretty much everybody else got up and left. And the end-credit sequence, I actually should look it up see if it's the same person as Avengers. Because it's very similar to the Avenger one. Where, you know, you see the names of the actors and something that's sort of related to them in the background. But after that, you know, fancy credit sequence, there is a mid-credit sequence. Awesome. Which is just funny. And amusing. And you should not miss it. Thinking, Speaking of things not to miss, things that you definitely want to check out online are all the San Diego Comic-Con wrap-ups. Because for those of us that did have to miss actually being there... We didn't get a personal invitation. This is the next best thing. I know! Seriously. We should look and see if we can get qualified for press passes or something. <laughs> otherwise, I think, they, I think they'd have to limit it, though, because otherwise there'd be a hell of a lot of podcasts. They'd be like, oh yeah, we totally count as press. So yeah, so of course San Diego Comic Con was this past weekend, and oh my god, there was so much awesome there stuff There was so going on. much cool going on. I think it was Friday was the Sherlock and Agents of, Sh- Sherlock panel, and then the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. panel, and then yesterday was the Marvel
0: panel, today is the Doctor Who panel. So much cool shit I wish on. I could have been there. I know. You're making me really, really rethink about going to Dragon Con, and I just don't have the money to do it. <laughs> Of course, like, there's so much, there's
1: way too much stuff for us to do, like, a complete rundown of everything. If you go to, like, sites like the Mary Sue, io9, they're all, they all have some, uh, Topless Robot, I'm sure, we'll have them too, we will have summaries of each day at Comic-Con, so you can see whatever it is, because we can't, there's no way we can cover the entire span of geekdom that I'm sure everybody's,
0: you know, people out there are going to have their, their own things that they want to yeah. know about that I haven't read about. Because, you know, just isn't my bag. The geek world is just really, really big. And especially, especially at Comic-Con. Comic-Con.
1: <laughs> but to hit the highlights for things that we especially were going nuts about. Well, there was the Sherlock one. Yes. Where apparently the people there got to see a few minutes of episode two of season three of Sherlock. Bastards. Which is not online or, or someone... See, earlier today, I think someone actually did put a tiny snippet of it, of the clip, online. Even after the creators specifically asked, please don't film this and please don't put this online. So at the same time, guys, this is not your first rodeo. Yeah. You should know by now. (laughs) There are going to be people that will do it, even if you ask nicely. But, so there's not a lot of, I haven't seen any, and I have, and at the same time, I have been avoiding, because I don't want to know details about that. But one video you can see online is the video of Martin Freeman and Benedict Cumberbatch, Cumberbatch. saying hello because they couldn't actually be there.
0: Something about, you know, Martin Freeman be- having, you know, big feet and lovely curly hair and pointy ears. And
1: Benedict's is rather amusing because he supposedly oh, oh, explains how Sherlock survived. I
0: love that. He's like, oh, script. I'm just going to tell-, tell you guys how Sherlock survived. So he starts talking and then, of course, the whole screen starts going... Bzz! Yeah, you know, signal loss, connection lost, and every once in a while, and you see his 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 uh his gestures, his gestures, and they are erratically fast because it's zipping through, and then every once in a while it stops, and you hear something like helicopter, and at one point he's holding a monkey, <laughs> a little stuffed monkey, yeah, a little. St- I think it's when he starts off, he's like, okay, so this is the ledge, and here's Sherlock, and that's the little stuffed yeah. monkey. For anybody who thought it was going to be that easy, you kind of deserve that. Yeah. Well, you know, I don't think anyone did think it was going to be that easy. It, it, but it was funny because he hand, he handed up really nicely,
1: and uh, not at Comic Con, but later that evening, BBC announced the title of the third episode of season three of Sherlock.
0: Yeah, the title is. It has feels already. <laughs> His last vow, and I believe you said, was it Gaddis that said it was going to be worse?
1: No, that that sounds like a that's a Moffat Moffat because Moffat okay. is evil, and yeah, he said he said quite a while ago that uh, he's writing the last that episode, and he said quite a while ago that it's going to be worse for the well for the feels is my terminology, not his, um, but worse for the feels than Reichenbach fall.
0: How? How can it get worse? I
1: have an idea.
0: (laughs) Because if he does anything to Watson, the entire universe will invert upon itself and revolt.
1: (laughs) Well, and the thing, it's got to be just a title, too, because there there is a story, the last Sherlock Holmes story is called His Last Bow. So obviously the title is a play on that. Now, he's also said, it's not going to be the last one. He's also said, like, they would love to keep doing these for years and years, and sort of see them, you know, grow old with them, um, depending on their scheduling. So it doesn't sound like they're, it's not sounding like they're going to end the series. Especially because I don't think Moffat would be able to give up the chance of having an actual cliffhanger to be resolved later.
0: <laughs> I don't know if he'd be able to go out in public again.
1: <laughs> Problem. Knowing some of the Sherlock fans, especially with what I've been hearing today, <laughs> no he wouldn't. Okay, so part of the rumor- Just, just consider the happy fan crazy- considering how much crap certain people who are in this upcoming series have been getting for the dumbest reasons from some fans. I know not all Sherlock fandom is like this, I should mention. I know this. I know there's lots of sane people. It's just, you know, you just have that one tiny little group of completely nuts people who, you know, this is why we can't have nice things. And I kind of want to smack all of them. There there was, like, verbally abusing people on Twitter. Oh, like Sending verbal abuse to a certain person on, t- on Twitter. And it's oh, like, oh, man. my God. You guys are all idiots. This is why we can't have nice things. Anyway... So, yes. So, of course, now they're going to start filming the Season 3 episode soon. Like, within the next week or two.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, I want this series so bad. I know. Speaking of series, I really want bad. Yes! We now have a date. We have a date with S.H.I.E.L.D.
1: Yes! And I said on on Twitter, I think it was, that this is going to be, either on Twitter or the Ravelry group, that this is going to be the best and worst day of my life. Because uh, September 24th is when Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is premiering. Yes. It's a Tuesday. It's the same day that Iron Man 3 comes out on DVD. Ouchies. Which is makes it the most awesome day of, the, of my life. What makes it the worst day is that I work on Tuesdays from 1 to 8. So and S.H.I.E.L.D. starts at 8. So it's not like, you know, if I had the day off, I'd be able to watch Iron Man 3 and then watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Instead, I was thinking, you know, maybe we can, if people wouldn't mind either re-watching or starting to watch it at 9 Eastern Daylight Time, we could maybe take advantage of the little chat room that comes along with our Ravelry group. I'm all for forum it. page. I will wait. But it will have to be at 9 o'clock, because I will not get home until 8.30, and I need to get dinner. So, and I will not be able to watch it until that point. You bet your butt I am going to be, like, DVRing that, like, three times over just to make sure nothing happens. Fair enough. But certain people didn't even have to wait that long. Like, say, anybody who's in Ballroom 20 on Friday at the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. panel. You bastards. Karen feels a little
0: left out right now.
1: Yes. Because they actually got to watch the pilot! Like, the entire pilot. They screamed. Wow, the entire thing? The entire pilot, Yeah. Oh wow! I heard rumors that they were. I thought there I thought it was maybe, only like no, a
0: seg- oh
1: entire thing because well they had see people were wondering if they were going to do that because they noticed that they had that room blocked off for like an hour and a half or whatever and they said that's awfully long maybe they'll be showing the pilot and they showed the entire thing. Oh, I want to see it now. If you want to see what the or hear about the panel, Marvel was actually re- live blogging the entire thing, and if you want to get some little hints about the pilot. Marvel was live blogging the entire panel and actually they had a really cool thing where like weeks or well, a week or two in advance, you could go on to Marvel's website and they had a list of all their panels and you could sign up for an email notification prior to the panel starting. Cool. To remind you to go look at the live blog or to give you a link to the live blog. So you could set it for, like, you know, the day before, hour before, 15 minutes before. So it would email you to say, hey, this is about to start. So I did that for the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. panel and the Marvel Movie Studios panel. Okay. And so if you look at the live blog, they don't tell you everything about the the pilot, because they wanted to keep some stuff on the download. But they do reveal a few things. Like? Like... Well, we know Coulson's in it, for one. Yes, we do. But, and I should mention, too, when they were announcing the panelists... Most of the cast was there, including Clark Gregg. And when they announced Clark Gregg and he came out, people apparently went ballistic. Like, were just screaming, going nuts, and started chanting, Coulson, Coulson! Yeah. Apparently, like Clark Gregg was getting kind of emotional <laughs> when he was talking about it in the panel, when people started like screaming and jeering, and when he was talking about it in the panel, about how... The fans' love for this character basically brought him back to life. And then, of course, there was huge chants and screams when Joss Whedon came out. But one of the things, I had seen it mentioned before, because Entertainment Weekly got to watch the pilot, like, a week ago. And they said something about, in the pilot, Coulson thinks he was dead for, like, eight seconds and spent a long time after that recovering. And apparently in the pilot, one S.H.I.E.L.D. staff member says, he doesn't know, does he? And someone, the other person replies, "No, he can never know what really happened."
0: i like, "Oh crap! What is it going to be? Oh my god!" And that reeks of Nick Fury.
1: That reeks of Joss Whedon. Oh, too. that's
0: true. That's true. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be.
1: Cannot wait! Oh, my god. Apparently, like the people that were in the tweets I've seen from people that were in the the room and saw the pilot. It sounds really good. I have I have no delusions. It's going to be fantastic. Oh my I have god, no I couldn't wait for this. Oh my god. Yeah, and I should mention, you can't see video... Well, there is some video of the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. panel, not the actual episode, but some of the, the panel discussing it. No, there was no official video, so who knows how long those are going to be on, on the internet. Speaking of no official video, and who knows how long it's going to be on the internet, Maggie...
0: <sighs> You're going to make me go through this again, aren't you? Because oh it my was god. funny when you got here tonight. Oh, sweet Jesus. Okay, <laughs> I go to lie... I'm getting ready to lie down. Go to bed it's last night, and I get an email from Karen. Admittedly, Lee, you sent it long before I was going to bed, but that's when I got it. Mm-hmm. And I saw the words Loki, and that's when I clicked on the link. <laughs> <laughs> and this was at the Marvel panel. Mm-hmm. Tom Hiddleston dressed as Loki out to introduce the footage for the next Thor movie. Mm-hmm. Holy ovaries. <laughs> And my nipples are five feet in front of me. I swear to God. Because you have to have... etch edge glass with those things? Yes. You have to ask... I've lost all ability to talk now. You have to have some serious cojones as an actor to be able to improv that role mm-hmm. out in front of the crowd. Now, we all know that Loki is the bad boy that has more fangirls than the hero. Yes. But you still have to have some cojones to be able to come out... And he is strutting back and forth across the stage and just, you know, calming everybody down. Yeah, Very... should have been like, you should have let me rule you when you had the chance and yeah. they other, like, this great... Stuff. Walking by and just going, Neil! And then just <laughs> keep walking and like, ah! And then, to climax it all, what is my name? And the crowd yells back Loki. What is my name? Loki. Say and you just And you just see him like leaning back, holding his arms out. And I'm just sort of like sitting in my sitting in my at my desk at home going, I'd scream your name all night long, baby <laughs> Seriously. There
1: is actually a few times if you watch the video I actually posted both videos. There's one that ha- that starts right at the very beginning, like as soon as he came out, someone started it and didn't go all the way through. And there's another one that starts, like, just maybe, like, half a minute after he starts. So you get, basically, between the two, you can get the whole thing.
0: So when I get here tonight, you know, I put my stuff down, I say hello to Karen, I say hello to her mom, and then I turn around and pretty much do the big flappy hand assault on Karen, going, <laughs> Evil wench of fiery. Death! Do you know what you did to me? And from the sounds of the of the cackling and the chuckling laughter, <laughs> yes, yes, she does. Yeah, I knew you were gonna flip out. She does know what she did to me.
1: Holy ovaries! Well, especially because I well, I was flipping out when I saw it because oh my god, <laughs> Tom Hiddleston actually went out as Loki, <laughs> and like in full costume, and oh my god, that full was costume, just so the
0: hair and everything, everything, the mannerisms, and
1: though there was. A few times, like there is, a, if you watch the video, there is a few times where you can see him start to crack. Yes. Where it's, it's and he's, not Loki, it's it's Hiddleston giggling. And he's trying, basically. he's trying
0: so hard to hold it. <laughs> oh my god. But he can't, because
1: it's just too amazing. Oh my god. Now, of course, as I, I thought just before Maggie got here, the only thing that could have made it more awesome... Was <laughs> if Clark Gregg came out. <laughs> as Coulson.
0: <laughs> see, <laughs> I, awesome. in, my, in my head, that would be Loki... You know, rearing up the crowd and then all of a sudden out from maybe like a door in the panel behind or something like that. Mm-hmm. Clark Gregg, with full glasses on and everything, would just mm-hmm. step out and stand behind him, looking none the wiser, and thinking that all of the cheering would be for him. Yeah. That, that would be a total... Clark Greg thing yeah.
1: to do. I was thinking, or just as he's about to leave, Clark Gregg coming out dressed as Coulson with the destroyer gun.
0: <laughs> yeah. And
1: Coulson is Loki just being like, whoop,
0: off he goes. Excuse me, that's my Asgardian cell phone calling. <gasps> but yeah, of course, for that panel... <gasps> oh.
1: <laughs> for that panel, it was... Uh, they were talking about Thor, the Dark World, and Captain America 2, the Winter Soldier. And they showed, I think... they know they showed clips from Thor. I think they did of Captain America 2 as well. And, again, you could, there's a live blog for that whole thing, so you can see, you know, what people were talking about. And there's, I think there's some video that, you know, the audience captured up. Again, I don't know how long it's going to be up, but uh, where you can see them discussing that. And those two both look really interesting.
0: I can't wait. You're a bitch, you know that. <laughs> but you love me. Yeah, sorry, fine. fine. What was it you said the other week at knit I say a lot of things at knit night. No, I'm a bad I, influence. Oh
1: God! He likes you're such a bad influence, and I'm so, I'm so glad, glad you're, you're my friend. friend.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, we've circled. Let's see. We have gone Shield. We have gone to Avengers and Thor. We did touch on Sherlock, and we should probably mention that a certain uh. Actor from Sherlock is going to be doing an... What would you say it would be called? I will be acting in another series for as long as I'm allowed to be kept alive. My character is allowed to be kept alive. Oh, yes.
1: <laughs> yes, because before, before Comic-Con, some news came out about another show favorite of nerds. Game of Thrones.
0: Also Any also known as Boob, Sex, and Death. Yeah, not necessarily in that order. There's going to be a new cast member joining in Season 4. And you might recognize him. From the Sherlock BBC show. Yes, because it's
1: Mark Gatiss.
0: Otherwise known as Michael Mike Holmes. I kind of want him to go into Game of Thrones with the umbrella. Oh my god. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. I think that would be funny. Now, uh, Entertainment Weekly has announced that he's going to be in Season 4 of
1: Game of Thrones, but apparently the production team has not released any news about who he's playing. So, of course, there's speculation, but... No actual news just yet. It would be interesting to see him in that, though. Because, I mean... It would. Well, I was going to say, I haven't seen him in anything else, but actually I have. There's the sort of late 2000s adaptation of Sense and Sensibility miniseries. He's in that. Okay. He plays the, the brother of the Dashwood sisters. Okay. John Dashwood. And it's kind of hilarious. Watching him, because he's so not Mycroft in that. Okay. But other than that, I haven't really seen him in anything, so it would be weird to see, it should be interesting to see, like, who he is
0: and how they costume him and everything for Game of Thrones. And then, of course, the Mary Sue has to tease us and say, will Benedict Cumberbatch be next? And at that point, what was left of my ovaries exploded. Other news that came out at Comic-Con,
1: apparently Fox is creating a Firefly MMO our
0: massive multiplayer online game. If you're not sure what that is, think of things like World of Warcraft. Yeah, except in this one, the basically they have
1: a a little teaser trailer for it, and we have it on the Mary Sue. If you go to Firefly, the Mary slash Firefly dash online dash game dash SDCC, and basically the only thing it says is a captain has three jobs: find a crew, find a job, keep flying. So it looks like you might actually be able to get your own crew. That's cool. And have your own ship and do jobs. Basically be your own Firefly captain. That would be really cool. Oh my god, that would be awesome. It's going to be for, I think, for, for mobile devices. So like iPad, tablets, things like that. Okay. And it says, if it's popular, according to uh, Geekosystem, if it's popular enough, the developer Sparkplug Games, might put out a PC version. Now, of course, everyone's making the joke that this is Fox. Yeah. (laughs) So.
0: So you can't take anything that is said too seriously. Yeah.
1: Or, you know, you never know when they're going to decide that it's not profitable enough. But it could be fun. It could have felt like I... I was telling one of my other coworkers, who's also a big geek, "If you can play with other people, like if you can make up a crew with other people, right? I totally want a crew of like the other knitters or the other nerds that I work with, the cable coats with our brown cabled sweaters." Yes. <laughs> I bet I'd have to actually have to make one. Well, you've got Bison, certainly got, don't I'm you? I'm sure got the brown yarn. But yeah, so there's not a lot of news for it. There's just that little teaser trailer. It's supposed to come out next summer. So, all right, 2014. So we'll wait and see if Fox makes good. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Oh, and just before we leave Comic Con, one other thing I wanted to mention: there is a charity called Nerds versus Aliens. It's actually the well, it's the name of the the San Diego Comic Con fundraiser supporting Operation Smile, which is a charity that are treatment to those with like cleft lip. Cleft palate or other facial deformities to children around the world. I think it's one of the ones where, like, you know, children in developing countries or countries where they might not have the the medical facilities, they will actually pay for that child to fly to Britain, the United States, Canada, something like that, and have the the reconstructive surgery to fix a cleft lip or a cleft palate and those sorts of things. Cool. So to support that, they got a whole bunch of nerd icons like Nathan Fillion, Felicia Day, Stan Lee. Grant Imhara and created these amazing prints of basically your favorite nerds fighting aliens. And these are some seriously like there's one here of Stanley in a giant mech piloting this thing that's shooting looks like well not lasers but bullets. There's one of the you know, Seth Green and some sort of like flying thing shooting out the cockpit of a flying thing there's and of course, Nathan. Nathan Fillion in a spacesuit holding a giant nerd HQ flag, as though he's rallying the troops into battle. We're still in a Felicia day. There she is. She's got rocket boots. That's what it is, and like laser guns and stuff. It looks awesome. way cool. Yes. Apparently, they had canvas wrapped prints that are being auctioned off, and they had pictures and posters that were on sale at Comic Con, mm-hmm. and they actually had a, a big mural of these. I think these are all part of like one big mural. Because there was one photo, Grant Amahara tweeted, of himself signing his section of That's the mural. That's way cool. I'm going to have to get that for the husband for Christmas. And you will be able to, because there's going to be prints for sale at the Nerds vs. Aliens web store, which is at nerdsversus.com. Yeah, there's the full, you can see the full, ah. full mural you
0: hover over it to zoom in. So much stuff. There's these alien robot spiders. You could just hear the shrapnel going on and explosions going on in your mm-hmm. head. Lots of badass chicks. Here's Grant. Lots Good of god. badass ch- Look chicks. At them in this, actually,
1: yay! That's awesome. Oh my god, is that Chris Hardwick's head in a jar? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's Hardwick. It's kind of hard. Sometimes it can be hard to tell just because of the faces people are making. That's a very awkward okay, sentence. I okay, gotta, I gotta scroll down to see. Yeah, there's an auction for the the big. Yeah, 14-foot-long, 3-foot-tall canvas print. That's an awesome, awesome Yeah, who's piece. involved? Bobak Ferdowski <laughs> Oh, my God! Wait, Alan Hayslip, Zachary Levi, Grant- yep, Chris Hardwick. I think that was Hardwick's Nice. <laughs> in the jar. <laughs> nice. <laughs> With a gun mounted on the bottom. Isaiah Mustafa, damn. Yeah, so go to nerdsversus.com for the... The view of the entire print. And you can also... Basically, they don't have the web store open just yet, but there's a spot... If you scroll down below there, there's a little video. There's a list of who's involved. There's one section that says, I want it. And you can e- put your email address in. So it'll e- they'll email you when the online option ends and the store opens. Now, is, awesome. is
0: the print going to be a smaller version of that long, big thing? Or is there going to be the cut-ups? They said think?
1: there's going to be prints. So okay. maybe... Depending on whether they can get that whole thing printed. Oh, it can be done. Yeah, I'm sure it can be done. It's just... And depending on the cost, because I'm sure it's a, a special size paper. Yeah, that's true. Paper. You know, there'll probably be, like, individual prints of indi- individual people, as me- as well as maybe larger okay. prints. of the whole thing. Like, yeah. larger segments. That is so awesome. There's tons of explosions and stuff going on in the background, too. This is epic. Oh, she's got... That's when she's got a baby strapped to the front of her chest.
0: Nice! <laughs> Oh, God, I just thought that was just a reflection, but no. No, I oh just God. realized that. Before.
1: One of them, she's got, like, this little pod strapped to her chest. It's a little baby, and it's sort of like a, a space caddy. Baby... One of those little, you know, chest baby carriers. (laughs) That's awesome. I might have to keep an eye on that for Prince, because oh my god. Okay. And of course, one last thing. Last weekend, there was some big news that came out about a book that had gotten very good reviews, but had only sold about 1,500 copies. At least until, you know, a week ago yesterday.
0: Because it turns out... The author is not actually a he. (laughs) The author is actually a she. She... And a very well-known she. Yes. The book, The Cuckoo's Calling, written by Robert Galbraith,
1: is actually written... By J.K. Rowling. (laughs) And it's a... Basically, it's a police crime detective 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 sort of novel. It's, you know, more along the lines of Ian Rankin. But yeah, so basically, it's about the murder of a... Well, apparent suicide of a supermodel, which, you know, her brother... Believes was not a suicide, and the the hero of the book Cormoran Strike—that's a very J.K. Rowling sounding name. Yeah, it does. Is ex military now working as a private investigator. So it's it just sounds like you know ordinary mystery novel. Again, got good reviews, but no one really took that much notice of it until until all of a sudden turns out J.K. Rowling was the author, and apparently, like the Sunday Times released that well according to the original um american press report the sunday times in britain said they were investigating it because the day de- the first novel like this is the debut novel from this author and it was so well received they were like okay how does a first-time writer write something this good they said that they the clues were that the that Rowling and galbraith shared the same agent and editor and that little brown also, who published this book also published uh, the Casual Vacancy, mm-hmm. and then but then I heard something else too that it was actually like one of her lawyers or something like that 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 spoke up when they shouldn't. And apparently Rowling was not terribly happy about this, well, I, I which ha- I can
0: totally understand. I can understand. I hand her props for for doing this, and because- from what I read, this is the reason why she had her name down as J.K. Yeah. Rowling instead of her Jo-Ann, name, yeah. yeah. Because it was thought that preteen to teen boys wouldn't want to yeah, you know, kids. young boys wouldn't want to read a book about yeah, a boy that was written by a woman. Yeah, same thing with well,
1: same thing with S. E. Hinton, who did a lot of really classic children's books, especially children's book for guys, like The Outsider, S.E. Hinton is a woman. It's like it's well now it's also more partly so she can probably be taken seriously in the genre. Yes. Because Again, male mystery authors, probably taken more seriously. But beyond the gender part of it, there's also the I want people to read this book and not and just, not be thinking not be judging it by this is by J.K. Rowling.
0: Right, right. Yeah. She just said she Props just wanted to her for it. She just
1: wanted to you she know, wanted have honest, this other
0: thing. She wanted honest feedback.
1: Yeah, she said she wanted she said it had been it had been a liberating experience, you know, to get to publish without hype or expectation, and pure pleasure to get feedback from publishers and readers under a different name. Because, like, yeah, this way she gets honest feedback. Yeah. Like you know, the starred reviews in I think Publishers Weekly and Library Journal were two of the ones that I heard gave her gave it like a starred review, which is there. These are exceptionally better. Than okay. other books, like they'll they'll say yeah this is pretty good or something like that in the review. But when they start, that means this is really good. You know, those are made on the merits of the book because no one knew who this author was. Unlike *Casual Vacancy* or any other book she writes, where you know some people are going to be might look at it with a more favorable eye because they really like J.K. Rowling and they really want it to be good. Other people might look at it with a more negative eye because it's J.K. Rowling and. Either it's J.K. Rowling and she writes children's books, or it's J.K. Rowling and this isn't a a Harry Potter book. Right. And I want it to be another Harry Potter book. So, apparently, like, sales have gone up, like, 300,000%. Oh, go figure. (laughs) And I saw that, actually, a lot of places were having trouble getting copies. When I first heard this, it was Saturday night, and I tweeted, Well, a lot of libraries are going to be making emergency orders with their distributors come Monday morning. I bet. Because I know our local library only has five copies. It now has 55 holds on it. I know, like, bookstores said they – a lot of bookstores didn't have it, or they only had, like, one copy. I think there's one bookstore said, we just sold the last copy that we had like last week, just before this news came out, so now they're scrambling to get copies. Oh good lord. But, but apparently a second book in the series is expected to be published next summer, so she's gonna be continuing with this series as well. Okay. I have
0: a copy on hold for me. It's actually on its way to one of the branches. It will be there Eddie. on Tuesday. Do you think, considering now that everything's out in the open, is she going to publish under her own name for the next one? I think she's going to keep it under under this name. Like they might put something on the cover. Well,
1: see, there's a bunch of other authors. Like
0: I think Anne Rice does it.
1: Yeah, and well, Anne Rice has published under a couple different names. The one that one that I'm thinking is um, Nora Roberts. She has Nora Roberts writes romance novels. She does write some has some more like romantic suspense stuff under her real name. But she also started publishing a series under the name J.D. Robb, which is the, um, basically, it's called the In Death series. I can't remember the name of the the characters. Eve, I think, is is the female lead. But it's actually, it's romantic suspense, but it's also set in, slightly in the future. Okay. So because it was so different from what she was usually writing, I think is why she used the pseudonym. All right. Of course, people have long known that they're the same one. So now it's all the books are labeled Nora Roberts writing as J.D. Robb or, you know, okay. J.D. Robb. Also Nora Roberts. So they might do the, some, sort of the same thing. You know, J.K. Rowling writing as Robert Galbraith, that sort of thing. Same thing. Stephen King has the same thing with his uh, Richard Bachman
0: books. There was once an editor that I worked with and she just decided that she was going to give everybody in the office pseudonym names. She's going to make up pseudonym names for everybody. And I okay. loved mine. Rosmond Sage Thornberry. And what would Rosmond Sage Thornberry create? Lots of uh, erotic Loki sex. Fifty Keep Shades of with. Asgard.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. My brain goes into some wrong place. Then again, I'm sure that would be tamer than half the stuff on sure. Archive of Our, Own, Our yep. Own. If you can think of it, there's fanfic for it. Yep. And I have I have seen the, the fic the Avengers fic meme. There is, there is fic for anyway. <laughs> so yes, segueing into cravings, Comets, and crushes. On that note,
0: Ooh.
1: because the Harry Potter connection does apply. Does segue. Not so had, much
0: the Loki sex. We have the Loki sex always applies. <laughs> Anyways, there was a doozy of a uh, scra- knitting scramble in the knitting group this this week. Yes, because uh, the illustrious Michelle. Alerted to our attention a certain interweed magazine. Yes. Some of you may have remembered a special issue that came out in the past of Jane Austen Nets.
1: Yeah, That's actually a continuing series that they do seasonally, I think twice a year.
0: And now it seems that the unofficial Harry Potter knits <laughs> is unfortunately not physically available anywhere. Just yet. Except for in the U.S. Yeah. And by the time this comes out, it'll be available. Yeah,
1: but only in the U.S. Because only of,
0: in the U.S. Because of the, the copyright. And, yeah.
1: no, Michelle managed to get her hands on a copy of the digital version.
0: So we got to at least skim through and see. And Yeah. And I think
1: pretty much all the patterns are up on Ravelry now. Are they? Yes. I checked the other day. Because mm. they actually have the, the digital version we were looking at. Some of the pictures, just at least from the, the, the contrast and the brightness of the screen, it was really hard to yeah, see. Yeah, it was hard to see. So you can see the pictures at Ravelry. And there's some really nice patterns in there. There
0: is. A lot of the patterns... Yes, you're right. A lot of the patterns in it are absolutely gorgeous.
1: Yeah, so if you search for... If you go to Ravelry in patterns and search for the unofficial Harry Potter knits, you'll get the images.
0: It's got 19 patterns in there right now. And it's got everything from... Fingerless mitts to mittens to sweaters to hats to socks to shawls. All kinds I love
1: of- Jenny's cardigan. It's the I one know. on the cover. It's so pretty. It's got
0: an eye- owl eyelet pattern going down, straight down the back. It's mm-hmm. awesome. And they've got a lot of great models that. Oh, yeah.
1: They picked models that really suit the character that yeah. the, the things are based on. Like Hagrid's
0: sweater. So cool.
1: Dude looks like Hagrid. Mermaid's song shawl looks really pretty. It's really pretty.
0: Look at their Severus pullover. Mm-hmm. Which is
1: a beautifully cabled black pullover. It is. Black it is pullover. exceptionally nice. They got the perfect model for it, too. They said reminiscent of flames.
0: And the sleeves of the Severus pullover are minimally tapered, as snake does not care for restrictive sleeves. The tracery vest. That is gorgeous. Inspired by the stained glass in gothic art architecture, it's... It's amazing. It's like a stained glass window yeah. in, like, Fair Isle. It's amazing.
1: You guys really need to see this, because it is gorgeous. I think you liked the owl mittens, too, didn't yes. you? Yes! Oh, yes, those are the ones that and have, the, like, the spells? Yeah, owl, it's O-W-L, and even though they have, like, owls on the outside, on the, on the palms... On the palms. They
0: have spells! Luma, stupefy...
1: Well, that they're backwards in that picture, actually. Yeah, because it should be Accio wand. There's
0: Leviosa. Lumos. Stupefy. Protego. Is Expelliarmus. Incendio. Expecto Patronus. These mittens are a handy reference for any wizard on the go, and an essential study tool for any fifth-year student at Hogwarts hoping to pass the ordinary wizarding-level exams. Really cute. They're so cool. I want to make those so bad. There's something fashioned after the invisibility cloak. Mm Mm-hmm. Which looks really cool. Dumbledore's. Socks. socks. The dragon's egg socks are really cool. And the bluebell flames stole is really pretty. I am glad you pointed this out because I really could not see the the pictures well enough. Oh, so nice. That looks like, that looks almost like a basket weave. Mm -hmm. But it's a tech, But it's lacy. Beautiful. So, anyways, there is a, there was running throughout the knitting group this week a, a flurry of emails and a whole big list of, we want, we want, we want. Who do we have to kill, bribe, steal, or whatever to get a hold of this?
1: And we have plans to do so.
0: Nobody needs to know. I think there are even a couple more than this. Yeah,
1: I think there might be a couple that might not be uploaded yet, because uh, the magazine hasn't actually come out yet. Yeah,
0: fair. Because I think there was a there's that green-cabled men's sweater as well. Ooh, yes, there was. That was really pretty. Did yeah, there's
1: 30-plus knitting patterns in it, and there's 19 on the robbery page. And there's also the... Oh, Bellatrix... Right, and there's Luna. Oh, yeah, and there's the,
0: the green sweater. What I I really want to read more about this. Featuring articles in this issue take you even further into the world of knitting and Harry Potter. Learn about the hand knits made for the Harry Potter films. Find out about Stephanie Dawson's inspired knits and felted creatures. Get a glimpse into what Harry Potter's Britain may look like. Learn what knitting has to do with the family in J.K. Rowling's magical stories. And see how knitted symbols carry their own magic throughout history. I want to read that! Well, and stuff. probably will. Through I've, means. Through whatever means. <laughs> Akio magazine!
1: And apparently one thing we also found, too, is apparently on October they're releasing a Downton Abbey-themed one.
0: Mm-hmm. Which,
1: the look of the shawl on the cover...
0: That is so that you. That must be
1: mine. That is so, so you. But, also, but another thing that I found a little while ago, for all your pattern needs... There is a new way of viewing charts. At stitch maps.com, you can find knitting charts drawn without the grids where the charted
0: symbols follow the shape of the fabric. So we're looking at what looks maybe like a feather and That's fan. feather and fan. Yeah, feather and fan pattern. And the actual marks to show the stitches go, go up, up and, down and down in waves.
1: It's really neat. They have. A whole bunch of patterns in there. You can upload them yourself or you can contribute to it. You enter the you can enter the written instructions for the stitch pattern and it'll draw the stitch map for you. And then I think you can just tweak the the relationship of the You the would stitches. have loved
0: this for your Potion Master stole, wouldn't you? It might have helped.
1: Yeah. If they had it well see the main part that I had to come up with was the transitioning from one to the other, and that I had to make up anyway. Okay. So it wouldn't have helped that bit that much. So what you can do is you can also select how it shows. You can select the number of horizontal and vertical repeats it shows. In this case, you can go from one to five in horizontal repeats and same with vertical repeats. So you can actually, if you have, say, you know three re- re- repeats of this pattern across whatever you're doing, you can set it so it will do the whole thing. It'll so- show the repeats for the whole thing. Um, you can also select whether you want it to show row guides, which is where... It'll put little lines sort of under the stitches, showing you
0: as if where them one al- row is,
1: stringing them along like a like a
0: bead beads on a necklace.
1: Yeah, but so basically you follow so that way you can follow the line, you don't get mixed up and look at one row above or below because you don't have that grid to orient you. Basically, you just know you just follow each little line, and each of the lines is numbered. There's also column guides so you can see what stitches go into each other. So like the one that we're looking at, the bark one it'll show what two stitches on the row below are being knitted together. Yep. So you can see like when you're going through the pattern, you know, you've knit far enough when you've got, you know, the the knit two together of the last row and the stitch next to it are the ones that you're knitting together to in this row. Right. So it helps you orient you where you are and and they're tagged they have the, the cast on count, so in this case it's multiple of sixteen stitches plus two. And they're tagged with different things like wavy or lace or knit pearl or things like that. So you can select tags for whatever you're looking for. So if you're looking for a leaf motif, there's a tag for that. There are a couple places where, you know, it could have used maybe a little which might and this might come later, like a little curation where there's like there's four there's five patterns that are called Chevron Layette. And some of them, I think, are the same. They might just have different numbers of stitch repeats in them or something like that. But there's quite a lot. There's 97 patterns in there right now. And I'm sure there will be more coming because people can add their own. And because you can see the way the fabric is shaped, you can get a better idea just looking at it of what the fabric's going to look like. Yeah. Like, you can look at this, the Chinese lace variant, and you can see exactly what the fabric's going to look like, really. Once it's knit. So we got a little package from a listener from Laura, all the way in Germany. And I know sort of a vague idea of what's in it because it's kind of, the, the customs label is kind of obvious and you can't miss it. But I don't know what exactly it looks like. So I need to figure out how to open this. Drum roll, please. Without ripping anything aside. Speaking of findings, when I saw these two little gifts enclosed in this letter, I immediately thought of the two of you and Uh-oh. had to buy them. Uh oh. And didn't even know that it would be especially perfect for Maggie at the time.
0: Oh dear. Have fun and keep podcasting. Hugs from Germany. Laura. Oh, this has you me scared. See what it is? I'm so scared. For Karen. For Maggie. I am scared. Individually wrapped. Oh. Oh. Ah! <laughs> That's funny. Oh, my God. <laughs> What's yours? What's yours? What's yours? Ah!
1: What do you get? <laughs> oh, my God. So what we got?
0: They're little Lego figure keychains. Yours is... Bilbo Baggins. That is so adorable. That is still going on my keys. And I got a Ninja Turtle, Raphael. <laughs> and, of course, like she said in her letter, it's especially
1: appropriate for you. Oh my god, yes. Now, she didn't even realize it because you I- happened to the
0: keychain to put your house keys on. Well, yes. That, and I'm now training for my brown belt.
1: Yes, that too. So, e- thank you, Laura. Whee! These are awesome. I love this. I'm totally putting this on my keys. Like, right now. Awesome. And the arms move. Well, of course they do. They're Lego. Yeah, but you never know. They, they're made for the legs don't move. Yeah, they I do. Bilbo's got his little coat and his little scarf. I love how Bilbo's face looks so worried. That's pretty accurate. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much a Martin Freeman face right there.
0: Cowabunga! So, E, thank you, Laura. Thank you. This
1: is awesome. Awesome sauce. And on that note, I think we should I think we're done off. for today. So you can watch Loki a few more times before you go to bed? I'm not going to get any work
0: done tomorrow. Nope. I'm just going to tell everybody in the office that it's your fault.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yep, pretty much. That's why you keep me around. Yeah. Okay, everybody. Love you. Bye-bye. Sweet Loki dreams. (laughs) Stop it! Thanks for listening. You can find old episodes or our show notes at our blog knit1geek2.emptypockets.org. That's knit one geek 2 dot mtpockets You can also find them at our Ravelry group. Just search Knit1geek2 in Ravelry's groups feature. If you'd like to get in contact with us, you can leave a comment at the blog, comment on our Ravelry group, or you can send us an email at knit1geek2 at gmail.com, or you can find us on Twitter at knit1geek2. Thanks, and keep geeking on.